Welcome to We Are Already Free. I'm Nathan Maingard, and this is a podcast helping down-to-earth seekers and free people to live their truth and be the change. If you are done with being disempowered by the things you can't control, and you're ready to spend this one precious life growing a beautiful world, this is for you, dear listener. This episode will align with you if you've been feeling stuck at all in old patterns or trapped by your past or struggling with stories that don't serve you. Tahira Ma'at has a joyful and deep message for you today. She shares why we're living in the Great Awakening, the new times, how rituals can help you through your own awakening and some simple rituals to get started with why you should stop worrying about what others think of you and get on with living as your authentic self, how important it is to get help and support along the way, why having a glass of wine might actually mean you're enlightened, and near the end of this episode, a beautiful reflection on how death can be a celebration of graduation. As always, there is so, so much more goodness in here, and I'll leave it up to the episode to fill you in. Tahira Ma'at is an ayahuasca shaman, combo practitioner, and clinical trained therapist who's been working in the healing field for over 21 years. She holds two master's degrees, one in professional counseling and with a specialization in trauma, and another one in human services specializing in addiction, and she's an EMDR certified therapist. She is the founder of the Ecology of Clinical Shamanism Institute, a two-year apprenticeship where women learn about shamanism, metaphysics, and get trained in shamanic earth medicines and become integration coaches. Tahira has also completed metaphysical trainings ranging from past life regression, Akashic records, angel healing, and is a Reiki master. She holds most retreats at her retreat space, Oasis en la Montañas, Oasis in the Mountains, in the Dominican Republic where she lives. She studies with her current mentor, Joel Villayamor, an ayahuasca shaman who has been working with the plant for over 17 years, as well as participated in trainings with the late elder Maledoma Patrice Somme, an African shaman who inspired her to bridge the worlds of clinical and shamanic application. She continues to be a student as she shares her wisdom of the goddess, helping people back to balance, wholeness, and joy. Before we get into the episode, just one more thing, which is that I am very excited to share a new review of the podcast, which literally had me in tears when I first read it. So here we go. I'm listening to you here in Maine. Just finished listening to your interview with Brian Sanders, and it was so good. Supports and inspires everything I believe. Nathan, you give me hope that we are already winning and changing the world for the better. That many, many people are waking up to the reality that the world and each of us needs to be a part of the change. I love how positive and non-judgmental you are while sharing radical new and old ideas. Just sent $7 to help keep this podcast going. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. That's from Milkweed Farm. And I just, yeah, I just could have cried now again. It's just so beautiful. I actually took a moment to go and check them out on Instagram, which I suggest you do as well. It's farming, family in Maine, biodynamic farming, raising children, pastured livestock, all kinds of things that I am a huge fan of, which you'll know if you listen to this podcast much at all. So do check them out as well. And if you haven't yet and you would like to gift me more tears, please do leave a review by visiting the show notes for this episode at alreadyfree.me forward slash 012. Alreadyfree.me forward slash 012. 
That's where you can also support this podcast, shop using our affiliate links, which are for ethical companies that support regeneration and the world and indigenous wisdoms, etc. And you can also book a free one-to-one call with me, a discovery call, if you're looking for some support in your own journey of awakening. All of that is available at alreadyfree.me forward slash zero one two. Thank you for being a part of this amazing journey with me. I love remembering that we are already free together and I have some wildly exciting news. Well, I think it's very exciting, but I'll share it at the end of this episode. And just a little hint, it's about some upcoming guests and it's pretty damn amazing. So before we get started, let's just take three breaths together just to bring us into the space. So whether you're driving or walking or doing dishes, whatever it is, just slowing down. So noticing the sensations in your body, and noticing how your breath is moving in your body. And then whenever you're ready, taking a beautiful deep breath into your belly and feeling that expansion. And then letting it go. You can even sigh it out. Taking another breath. Letting go. One more big, beautiful breath. And release. I wish you all the blessings and enjoy this beautiful conversation with the wonderful Tahira Maat. Thank you again for coming on, Tahira, and also for your patience, because I know we actually had a conversation for a podcast before, but then I stopped hosting my previous podcast and that never got released. So this feels extra special to me that I get to to finally share a conversation with you for this new podcast. And I just really appreciate you being here. So thank you. Yes, thank you for having me again. and. It's always perfect alignment. It's always perfectly on time. So, you know, that conversation that we had was possibly just a conversation for ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Now now it's like old friends meeting rather than just like brand new. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'm going to just dive right into a question that I'm, I'm really curious about because it feels like I've heard it said, actually, my guest I just had on recently, uh, Sean Zimmer, he was talking about the great awakening. And I've heard that used so many times. And I feel like really, for many of us right now, there is this huge shift of, of as you, I think you called it the new times. So I'd love to hear from you. What does that mean for you? How are we living in the new times? How are we going through this great awakening? Yeah. So what I what I see and what I feel is that we're in a whole new era. We're in like in a pioneer frequency of the consciousness. And so there's a lot of remembrance, but there's also new things that are being born, like things that we never really experienced before. And we're in such a beautiful place of expansiveness. And so now it's like our spirits are taking us into how to be pioneers, how to actually birth what I say, birth nations, how to actually birth new ways in order to continue to create um, in this space. Um, Because, you know, that, that whole saying of new earth, um, we are new, we are living in a new timeline. So therefore it's okay to live in the newness as you remember and learn to create from a blank state. And so this is what I see. This is what I feel is happening with the consciousness. And it's like, we're babies again, but we're also 
learning as we as we go along. And a lot of things are just being filtered into our consciousness to create, which is beautiful. So a lot of people are being born into their healers, they're being born into their artistry, they're being born into their music. And there may be a level of remembrance, but there's also this like, oh my goodness, this feels so new. This feels like yeah, this feels like I'm a baby and I'm, I can literally create from a blank state. Like there's no type of karma that's attached to it. I appreciate hearing that because I think in some ways I have a tendency and is often to look back and think, oh, it was better when we were like tribal people just living fully integrated. And, and there's a part of me that's like, you know, we should just let go of everything and just somehow return to that state. And then I hearing you, what that brings up for me, what that resonates within myself is like, it's okay that it's new. It's okay that it's never happened like this before. And in fact, that that gives us an opportunity to grow something unique and precious and mysterious. And, and it's okay to just surrender to that. Yes. Yes. And it's that whole, you know, trusting in the unknown peace, um, trusting and that feminine energy, the awakening of the goddess, you know, so it's all about just allowing ourselves to unfold in this place of the womb, this place of the darkness, and know that we can live in the light and live in the dharma of what we are, who we are. So uh, it feels, for me, it feels peaceful. It feels blissful. I am grateful to be living in these times. Recently, one of the, the earlier guests, Kash Khan, he shared something on his social media. I think I just saw it today, actually, where it was around. He, he, was, he was basically a video of him doing his exercise and his meditation and sitting with Kambo. And, like, and the audio that was playing was like, was basically, it wasn't quite these words, but it was something like, don't mess with someone who is shining super bright because that person to shine that bright, they must have gone so deep and so dark to be able to do that. And the image, the image that came up for me in that moment was a tree, like how the biggest tree can only be so big because its roots are so deep in the dark. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that because in class yesterday with the students, I took them through a root chakra meditation. And one of the visuals I took them through was the tree and learning how to replant yourself. Like, yes, we have roots, we have ancestral roots, we have lineages. And yes, we should honor them and respect them. But we also can plant new seeds. We also can plant new roots. There's some roots that just need to be taken out and just be like, no, I'm not doing that this time. It's, a, it's just a hard no. And you can say no to your ancestors. <laughs> you can say no and learn how to create from your own authenticity. And so now you're planting seeds and you're planting roots to stabilize the, the tree, to stabilize yourself on this plane. And so you're creating new stems, you're creating new leaves, your branches are being uh, reformulated and now you're nourishing them. And so um, this is the visualization I took, I took them through. So it's interesting that you mentioned a tree. That is interesting. I love how that works. You, you mentioned something a moment ago around the, the goddess. And I would just love to hear what that, what that means for you. The, the, what is this goddess rising? What is that about? Uh, so, you know, I practice um, tantra naturally. I'm not like a, I don't call myself a tantric teacher or tantric practitioner in a sense. I just naturally practice the way of living in joy and living in the dharma of 
who I am. Therefore, that means sovereignty, that means wholeness, that means balance. And so in order to come into that state, it's all about coming back to the goddess. Um, the goddess is an energy, it's an essence, it's knowing that you are the supreme beam of self. And so some people call it God, some people call it the supreme, some people call it source. Um, for me, the goddess is a, it's an empowerment word to recognize I am a woman and I'm also a spiritual and soul being and learning how to live in all of those three aspects of myself. And taking what I learned, like going through those dark hours of the soul and no longer regenerating the trauma, no longer feeling like I have to suffer and learning to live in the joy and the bliss that we all are deserving to live in. And so that's the goddess. And so, I mean, that's just one way of looking at it. There's all different types of ways of looking at it. But uh, when I talk about the goddess, I'm talking about living in wholeness and living in balance of who you are. You said around for you connecting with the goddess and being a woman. And I'd love to explore this a little more deeply because one of the things I see in the sort of mass consciousness right now is this, is this question, what is a woman? Mm -hmm. Which seems very confusing for many people. And, and even to the extent that some people decide that it's better to cut off their breasts to because they don't feel like a woman or they do these very, or, or go on medication for their entire lives to try and be more manly or be more womanly or, or whatever those things are. And I, I would just love to hear if there's anything that comes up for you around what is this, what is this that's happening for so many people where they feel so misaligned with themselves that they need to take such extreme measures? And, and what would you say to that? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, it's it's the consciousness expanding. You know, the consciousness is expanding into knowing that we are these androgynous beings, right? And so we have masculine traits and we have feminine traits and learning how to function in the balance of that. And it's a consciousness, but I think what's happening, uh, and it's been happening, but I guess with social media, like it's more um, prevalent, is that people are physically feeling the imbalance. They're physically going through that initiation of realizing that they are this androgynous being on a conscious level and due to whatever experiences that they um, are moving through, they feel like they have to alter their physical pres presence in order to um, align to that consciousness. Um, so I question like the medication piece. So and I have questioned, I have worked with clients who um, have these different um, surgeries and things like that when I used to be a clinical therapist. And I would question, so you want, you're going to be on long-term medication in order to feel whole, like long-term medication that can actually damage you um, in the long run, you know, and this is something for them to think about versus just accepting that you are you are perfect. It is a more so a consciousness that's expanding and that you can live in that authenticity. But, you know, to each its own, it's not about judgment. It's more so about just making people think a little bit more deeply as to the why they feel like they have to do that. There's nothing wrong with it if it's aligned to the connection 
for them to feel whole. But I question the medication factor. I question going through that level of extreme and still struggling with your health, you know, still struggling with the physical aftermath after you do something like that um, for the long term. That's that's where I, I kind of lean the conversation into. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a challenging one. Okay. I even, yeah. sorry, please go ahead. No, because when I'm, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, in order to really live in the holistic wellness of self, you want to be healthy. You know, you want to be physically healthy. And so, uh, so that's just, you know, that was, that's just my, my take on it. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one to even bring up. I can feel for myself, I even talking about it, wanting to explore it, there's a sense of, I feel discomfort and I feel, yeah, it's an interesting, I mean, I, I'm reading a lot of stories at the moment and it, it breaks my heart every time I see one of uh, mainly women so far where they talk about, you know, I was 15 years old and I didn't want to be a woman and I had whatever it was like some lifelong surgery or I'm now, I can't have a baby or all these things because people just, people just went along with it. There was none of that, that questioning you've just said of like, Hey, so you feeling like there's a consciousness you want to expand into, or you feel like you have masculine traits or male traits. So like, how can, is there a way to incorporate that so that you can be whole without needing to actually cut yourself and medicate yourself to, because to me, like the medical system is a system treating symptoms and it doesn't really have the tools to treat roots. Generally talking of roots again, <laughs> And it's, you know, it's also a catch-22 because there's just also cosmetic surgery and I have been through cosmetic surgery, you know, so I have um, went into initiation of wanting to um, alter and just refine my body, but it wasn't based upon feeling less than, it wasn't based upon feeling like I had to do it in order to be validated. It was a empowerment process for me. And it, and then like the women who were there, which was interesting, we were all like just very confident women who just wanted to like, you know, get a little booty lift. Like, you know, <laughs> you know like it was it wasn't this big, long process where we had a long story about trauma and not feeling bad, good about ourselves. It was like, no, like I'm I, I like my shape and I want to continue to refine my shape. And I have worked out and this is just the way I want to go right now. And then even afterwards, still feeling that confidence. So there's a difference um, as to how people move into those procedures. It's a mindset. And so uh, it's more so looking at the long term, if there is long term damage that can happen, particularly with such extremes of cutting off the breast and other parts, you know, that, that is a bit more of an extreme surgery. Yeah. It's a, I, there's something in that around, cause I have friends who literally have had, I don't know what they, there's a name for it, but like breast implant illness or something. And then I've been reading about Botox and lip fillers and how those have terrible toxins in them that start to have an effect. So I think it, it's, it's such an important thing to, to distinguish and to decide like, is this thing that I'm doing going to bring me that which I seek enough that it's worth the risks? And do I really know the risks? So, yeah, it's interesting to hear about it from an empowered perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, 
and that again, this is my this was my, this is my own experience going into it, and I was thinking about it for years, and I had to go through the process of asking those questions: What am I doing this for? What is the risk? Why am I doing this? So it took me years to actually make the decision, and I wanted to make sure when I made the decision, it was from an empowerment place, not from a place of lack. Yeah, there's a beautiful distinction in that around that the decision itself or the actions we choose to take, whether they make sense to someone else or not, it's really like, what am I making this decision for? There's actually uh, Laura Dawn, who has the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. She tells a beautiful story of where she was separating from her partner of eight or nine years and she was, they were doing it consciously, but also she was having some feelings and she was speaking with one of their mutual friends and, and was kind of maybe not the word complaining, but she was there definitely like a bit upset about her ex-partner and and her friend her friend at one point just said to her you know Laura Dawn really the only thing any of us can do is get right with ourselves that's it yeah that's it that's it yeah it's perfect and that's perfect because it's not about what other people think or feel about your decisions you have to be okay with this, the decisions you make um, and people, no matter if it's consciously right or wrong, people is always going to have some type of opinion on your decisions. So that's where the authenticity piece comes in, the empowerment piece comes in and really living in that sovereign place. Like I made the decision based upon what internally I feel is aligned and that's it. Well, let's move into a little of the the sort of shamanism because that's really what you're dedicating your life to and you have such a a powerful history of working in these in multiple healing modalities and you've now arrived at this point or at least I think for the last few years you've been teaching this ecology of clinical shamanism training. And so for because I think I, I know for me certainly having a guide on the path in various times in various ways to help me in embodying the fullness of myself and letting go of that old stuff and healing is like critical. So what does shamanism really mean for you? And then how does your, your class, how does your training serve people in stepping into that role? Shamanism is connecting back to the natural order um, and allowing yourself to move through the unfolding of the expansion. And so you come back into the limitless self and you start to connect back to nature and you start to connect back to your authenticity and also um, how you function in this world is based upon your own uniqueness. Um, so there's a there's many levels of the definition of, of shamanism, depending upon who you talk to. Some people will take it down into the indigenous roots. And I am American, you know, so and I have no shame of saying that and also saying that I also practice in shamanism. And there is also ancestral roots in, within myself that have led me to this point. However, I can only look at my own experiences and my own path to see the factual understanding as to why I live this life. And so for me, it's connecting back to nature. It's connecting back into more of the, the cosmology of how this works, the balance, the mayat, the metaphysics. And to me, that's the real, that's the real, that's the reality versus what they or what that 
con- that other construct feeds us. And so when you tend to do that, everything takes on a whole different meaning of life, um, a whole different way of living, and you become more aligned to the synchronicities. And so it's already been there, but it just, you wasn't able to see it. And so through levels of working with the plants and going through healing and cleansings, the veil continues to get lifted off, get lifted off, get lifted off. And you continue to go through those awakenings and you see the reality, the real reality of this world, this earth, and which is beautiful. And one of my biggest things I love to say is everything's beautiful. Everything's beautiful. I don't care what you're going through. Everything is beautiful. There's beauty in everything. And so um, even the pain, even the trauma, it's still, there's just, there's wisdom there. That's beauty. And so learn to take things and always come back to everything is in perfect order and trusting in that. And so that is learning how to connect to the elements, learning how to connect to the plants, um, understanding that they're in the order as well as they are living here. You know, everything has an organism is living. So um, it simplifies everything. It's very simple, but the process of getting to the consciousness, that's the work. (laughs) Right. And so um, in the in the Institute, what I share is more so my own experiences that's tied into some teachings. But really, it's just me sharing my wisdom um, about how I came into this journey, as well as elders that I have studied with and also empowering uh, the women, especially because I feel a lot of women shy away from their gifts too much um, because of all the labels and all the trends. And they're scared of saying, this is who I am um, to empower them from a place of authenticity to bring them into their medicines. And so some people are drawn into the Institute because they're just, you know, they're on a path of awakening And they just need some guidance. Like you stated, they just need some guidance. They don't even know if they're going to work with the plants, but they know they just need some guidance. Whereas others, they're called to work with the plants. They're called to work with Cambo. They're, you know, they maybe already have like a Rape practice and they need more guidance and training in in regards to that. So I get a little bit of both, um, which is beautiful because it's just a reflection of where I began. Um, and so I take them through a process of initiations of self. So the wisdom I share, I share is just activating them to dig deeper inside themselves to empower and embody their medicine. And so some, some people come out as working with the medicines. Some people come out, you know, uh, becoming artists and painters and poets. And so the birthing, I suppose I said the birthing of nations. And so I am not leading them just in one direction. I am uh, empowering them to come home to themselves and embarking on that journey. So there's a lot of healing that takes place. There's a lot of healing as well as the education piece. So it's a blend of both worlds. And I also 
honor and respect the clinical world because that's where I began. So I honor and respect that world. Um, I don't shame that world in any way. It got me to the point where I'm, I'm at now. Um, so I there's there's bits and pieces of that world that I integrate into the program as well because some people, that's where they begin. They begin as therapists or they begin in therapy or they begin in, you know, going through a treatment program. And so Instead of saying, oh, forget that world, that world is bogus. It's like, no, there's some jewels in that. And let's integrate those jewels into your process. So that way you don't feel like you have to separate yourself from that, from that experience. I get a lot of a, a sense of integration in that where it's not about, you don't have to completely destroy or deny everything that came before just to become who you are now. It, actually, the story that comes up in my mind is uh, is how the, the caterpillar, when it becomes a butterfly in the cocoon, it becomes caterpillar mush, like it's pretty much dissolved, but it does leave. There is a little framework that's left behind that it then builds a butterfly on. Yes, I love that. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like a true metamorphosis. Exactly. And so if anyone is listening to this right now and they're maybe quite early in their journey or they realize, whoa, I got some healing to do or or I'm enjoying this path, but I want to maybe go a bit deeper into maybe finding their own inner shaman or looking even for someone who who they could trust as a shaman externally, what would you advise them for some kind of inner shamanic work as just some starting places for people? You know, meditation has just always been my go-to. Um, it's how I began um, as far as that inner work and just learning to sit with your thoughts and learning to practice non-judgment, like just non-judgment of your thoughts. Just learn to do that and allow the thoughts be like a movie. So just allow the thoughts be like a movie and you literally start becoming more of the observer of self, um, which is uh, uh, awakening in within itself. And then you're able to pull things from your life that you resonate with and learn to uh, dismiss or dissolve the things that no longer are necessary without shame, without doubt, without fear. And so that non-judgment piece, I think it's just uh, a practice and meditation is just such a great way of doing that because now you are, you know, you are the therapist, you're the mentor of self, and you're able to see clearly how you think is how you see the world. And it's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to think like that. I don't want that perspective. And so you learn to rewrite um, and that process can activate healing. That process will activate change. That process will shift the relationships around you. Um, so I say meditation is just such a great way to begin. And then also just being in nature, um, learning to take retreats from your everyday. If you're somebody who is like, you know, has a regular nine to five, who is in that matrix construct all the time, learning to give yourself permission to take breaks from that place and be, go somewhere where you could just be to yourself. And nature is just a great reflection of really what this means to be here, which is coming back to that natural order. And, you know, you could just sit with the ocean, sit with the trees, sit in the water and just be, and the messages will start coming in. And it may not be something you understand in that moment, but it will unfold. And that is the shamanic path. The shamanic path is not about knowing everything 
in that one time and that's it. It's like, it's, it's a constant learning. It's a constant unfolding of wisdom. And so allowing yourself to met, um, to, to blossom, you know, to be that little caterpillar and, blo- and, and come into the butterfly. Thank you for that. So I'm going to just jump into a, a, another question, which is around elder maladoma. And I'll just give you some context for that before I ask. But basically, some years ago, there was a, an article that, that, came, that I came across. This is many years ago now, but it was basically, and I'll, and I'll tell the brief outline for anyone who hasn't read it yet, but I will also share it in the show notes. And it was something along the lines of what a shaman sees in a mental hospital. And the story was that Maladoma, as a, as a lineage of shamans within his tribe, was eventually sent as an initiate. He was initiated into his shamanic path and then was sent to America to become, uh, to study and to be able to be a bridge between the worlds. And at some point in that process, after you know, he got two degrees. I mean, you'd probably know all this, but for anyone listening. And he basically then, at some point, a friend of his, I think, had a psychotic break and went was put into a psych ward. And Maladoma went to visit him in this ward. And when he walked in, I remember what he said was, oh, this is where the West puts their healers. And when I read that, oh, it just like my whole world was like, wow, that's such a different perspective. So I know that you've studied under him. And I'm just curious to hear, like, tell us a bit about Elder Maladoma, please. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I did two trainings with him um, and it was so life changing. Um, He and I'm so grateful I'm so grateful that I was I had an opportunity to do that. And so his wisdom is very African-based in a sense where um, it's all about connecting to your roots and it's all about connecting to the rituals of life. And so he was really about rituals and reformulating a relationship with those distortions of mental health. And so his background in coming here helped people to have a better sense of, okay, yes, you may be diagnosed with a certain mental imbalance, but really that's the healer awakening. And so what he did, (laughs) what he did in a lot of the trainings was to bring us back home to our roots, to our own lineages through rituals. And so connecting to the elements, connecting to our ancestral lines uh, through different initiations and getting away from those um, those distorted identities that caused one to feel like something was wrong and educating people to understand like you're just going through awakening process of the consciousness and learning how to stabilize that awakening is doing these rituals. And so these rituals are going to help you to clarify some of the things that you're moving through and know that, know that hearing things is not crazy. Seeing things is not crazy. You're experiencing another realm. You're experiencing another, another way. Like your first eye is becoming open and expansive and he didn't talk too much. He just more so just put us to rituals. And then <laughs> and then we would gather in a circle and he would listen. And then he would give us that that elder wisdom, you know. And so um, so yeah, it was a beautiful process. It definitely 
the elemental uh, and initiation that I did with him was life changing. The ancestralization uh, definitely brought on my lucid dreaming. And um, yeah, he was just one of those souls that you could just be around him and just pick up medicine. Like you just pick up the wisdom just just by just being in his presence because that's what he embodied. Uh, And there was an opportunity for some of us to go to Africa. He chose a few of us to go to Africa, but I just wasn't aligned to go. Um, It just wasn't part of my process, but I am very grateful uh, for his teachings and elemental uh, technologies and ancestralization because it definitely brought me more closer to my own African roots and help me understand, again, why am I drawn to him? Why am I drawn to this teacher? And it's like, oh, okay, I understand now. If there's, again, just thinking of something that our listener can take away with them is like, as far as ritual goes, do you have any rituals? I know obviously a ritual is infinite, like what people could do anything, but is there a ritual that you think of that for the general Westerner, as a kind of starting point to practice a ritual that might be useful for, for many people? It, it, you know, I think mindfulness, uh, mindfulness practice is a ritual within itself. So being more present in your reality, um, one of the rituals that I used to do was just like learning to sit and look at a tree you know, learning to actually learn every crack, every, the ants going up, the vines, looking at the branches, looking at the stems, sitting with the tree, sitting with the wisdom, sitting with the essence of the tree. And I didn't time it. I would just, cause you, you know, when you time stuff, that's, you know, you're waiting for the time to end. So it's just like, no, I'm just going to sit with this tree and see how long it is until, uh, the spirit says, okay, we're done, you know? And that was the beautiful, the beautiful thing about elder was that he taught us how to not time our rituals. Like there's no such thing. And so it's like you do the rituals and the spirit will tell you when you're done. And that's all he would say. And we'd be like, but he's like, the spirit will tell you when you're done, you know, <laughs> like trust yourself, trust in that higher voice. And so um, sitting and observing nature again, observing something like a tree that is so grounded and is being nourished by all of the elements. And also there's insects on a tree and different branches and, you know, leaves are falling off. It's such a powerful ritual to do. Um, And it doesn't have to be something you have to do daily. But I would say if you're wanting that connection, if you're wanting to uh, kind of find your roots or reconnect to your roots, sitting with a tree is one of the greatest things you could do for yourself. It's, it's so interesting how trees have just been a, an ongoing theme of this conversation. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, it started yesterday and then just, I, I do believe, um, well, what I, what I always talk about is learning to be here, like learning how to be here on earth. Like, is learning to be like a tree, <laughs> parts of it. Learning to be strong, but yet vulnerable, um, be open, you know, but yet rooted. And so that's one of the beautiful initiations of this plane is to learn to be like a tree. 
be like a tree. There's actually a, a song that I wrote after my first five gram journey with sacred mushrooms. And it was kind of, it's fu funny in hindsight, but at the time it was pretty, it was overwhelming because I went into it with this idea that, I, you know, of depre I'm depressed and I, and I had been struggling with that for a long time. And then, and then this journey was so beautiful because I went out beyond I, the I, ego death, like dis disillusion of the self. And I went to this place where there was just this field of love and acceptance and infinite understanding and empathy. And, and then I woke up the next day and I was still depressed and I still had chronic pain and I still didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> now what? And, <laughs> and, uh, and so I actually went and I sat outside under a tree and I picked up my guitar for the first time, for the first time in months. Like I hadn't played in months at that time. And I, I started looking at a leaf and I, as I looked at the leaf, I, I looked closer and closer and I was like, wow, you know, I could just zoom into that leaf to infinity. Like I could just keep going and, and I could do the same thing out. And yet here it is right in front of me. Here's this leaf and here's me. And then the song came through that was like this medicine for the remembrance of, of just being here in the great mystery in this moment. So, I yes. Love that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Being here in a great mystery. That's the perfect. I love that because it is. It's a continuing of the unknown and just learning to be and accept that we are living in the great mystery of ourselves as as we continue on, you know? So, and like you said, the infinity part, um, know that it's nothing out there. It's here, it's right here. And so learning to integrate that into the present is living in the infinite space of self. I love that. That's such a different perspective or it just helps to explain it in such a beautiful way of that. Cause I, I sometimes get overwhelmed by the infinity. Like it's just, what? There's no beginning. There's no end. There's no out. There's no in. It's like there's everything is just only what it is relative to something else. Because otherwise, how would I judge how big or small I am? And time is and it, like all that stuff. And then the idea of like, okay, just be here now, and everything else blossoms from that. That's actually yeah. It's nice and simple. I like that. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's very simple. Yeah, it's like that. Um, and I'm sure people have heard uh, um, living in the now. Akratoli, you know, the now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and I, that was one of the books uh, years ago that definitely helped me to realize the, the wisdom and the power of presence and realizing as I continue, oh, okay, that's why it's important because infinity is so fast. It is so expansive. And so learning just to take a breath and Find your breath as the rooting and just being here and being in the state of peace with whatever it is that's going on, even when it's intense, is the lesson. It's it's really the lesson. And I'm like, oh, you know, again, I, I didn't understand that back then. I'm like, oh, this book, whatever. But it definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely went back and I'm like, oh, okay. As I was growing, I'm like, I get that. I get why presence is so important. And the more present you are, the more you simplify the relationships, the more you simplify your life, because it's the only thing in that moment that matters. Yeah. Now, now is all we get. I love uh, is it Alan Watts. He says that the past, we think of the past as something that 
creates the present, but he's like, actually, the present creates the past. It's more like the past is the wake behind a ship. So as the ship sails, the wake it leaves behind was created by the ship and the present is like that. And that also was like, wow, when I heard that, I just thought, oh, what a different, instead of feeling like the past happened to me, it's like I happened in the moment and then that, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love Alan Watts. Yeah, Fantastic. he's a, he's yeah. great. I like him because he's so also, you know, like drink drink alcohol. Like he's really he's all the things. He's yeah. not trying to be a shining guy on the pedestal, like enlightened. No, and I think that's what makes him so enlightened. The the fact that he he what he's what he's not like that. He he he's a multi dimensional being. We're all multi dimensional beings, and so. He was like that. He definitely exuded that multi-dimensional being. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can say all this, and I'm gonna go give me a glass of wine later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I, and I love that. I love that, and that's another thing that I also share is, yeah, I, you know, yes, I, I'm, I'm on a, I am what I am as far as the healer. But I'm also a, a human, a woman, a person who loves to laugh. I crack jokes. You know, I'm not this serious person all the time. Um, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> and I think that's um, a part of accepting your authenticity is accepting all of the parts of you, um, the parts that people may not like. It's like, but I like it, so I accept it. Um, and there's going to be people who like it. <laughs> And not everybody's supposed to like you, you know? So, so yeah. Yeah. One of my good, dear, dear friends, uh, Roman, he, he was on the podcast a few episodes ago and he said something about being yourself. And he's like, it's like, if you're into basketball, but you don't tell anyone that you're into basketball, how do the other people who like basketball find you? And it's like that with everything. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And this is why I, I personally say it's okay to say what you are. Like I know sometimes through spiritual community, we go through these identity crises, I call it, where I see the spiritual community is like, oh, well, just let go of all identity. Like just let go. And I'm like, yeah, but even that is still identifying with something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're still identifying with something. You're not it's not going away. So and when you ground yourself and stabilize yourself just to accept, as your friend said, I like basketball. I am a healer. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, it's, if anything, it solidifies uh, the, the, the empowerment and the wisdom that comes behind that. And now you are living in the embodiment of it. And guess what? Tomorrow you might be something else and you add that to the plate. And that's the beauty about allowing yourself just to be multidimensional and just being yourself is that it's an ongoing journey of learning and growing. Other than other than that, life can get very boring and stale, you know, or you just have somebody come in and say, this is who you are, just like the matrix. You do this, you go to school, you get married. It's like, that's the other side of it. So it's like, why not create from a place of just being your own artist and, living from that creation. Yeah, be the artist of your life. There's a a painting that, which I love that I, I think I've probably talked about it already too much on this podcast, but it's um, by Mark Henson, who's a who's a visionary artist. And it's basically, he does a lot of beautiful stuff, but the painting, I lo- one of them I love is where there's basically a, an, 
a painter with a where they're pushing a paintbrush across the sky and where the paintbrush has been it's like a tropical island and waves and beauty and flowers and love and where the paintbrush hasn't been yet is like nuclear bombs and prisons and war and you know and like and i think in some ways like right now especially in this time where where if i just turn on the news what i get is like whoa that sounds really terrible like really bad so i think to like be that imagineer to be that dreamer that visionary with the paintbrush of each of our individual lives like how can i paint my life beautiful now that's it that's really it and know that there is a choice people i think sometimes forget that because again like you say you turn on the news like we're always tell people we're always going to go through something something's always something always drastic <laughs> traumatic is going to happen like that's life so put that put that aside and realize that you have your own imagination you are the creative self you're the artist of self how do you want to create your reality you do not have to feed that if you don't want that and it's not called spiritual bypassing either. It's knowing enough that I've been down that road so many times. I know the end result of that and I'm done. Like, I'm just done with that. Like, I have learned the lessons of suffering, of depression, of pain. And not saying that those lessons can is not going to happen again because we grow and we have relationships with people. So there will be levels of grief and so forth. But when you are functioning from the other side of life, which is the Dharma versus living in the karma of the traumatic pain, you paint that, you paint that uh, frequency as a peaceful frequency, as a different level of a process. And it just reminds me of when I, um, my mother transitioned during uh, the whole, you know, COVID thing. She transitioned. She, if people don't know what that means, she passed away. Um, she had uh, ovarian cancer. And so through that process, it's like people were waiting for me, but they didn't know really much, you know, my path. And people were waiting for me to like break down and just, you know, oh my God. And it's like me and my mother had a sacred relationship of a, a different type of spirituality where I was present enough to know she was on her journey home. So if anything, it was a celebration. She was no longer necessary here. She did not want to be here. And so for people who are still suffering from grief and loss and attachment, they can't even fathom that thought, you know, and they see it as like, that's kind of harsh. I'm like, that's, this is really what our ancestors used to do. You know that, right? This is what some uh, tribes used to do and still do, they celebrate the homecoming of their elders or of people just graduating from this plane. And so it just comes back into the mindset that one chooses to have in order to navigate because you're going, people are going to transition. You're going to transition. <laughs> Death happens. And so it's like, Learning how to see it differently is learning to come back to, again, the natural order, the way things work here. And living in that presence is about living in joy and creating from a place of beauty. Um, and whatever it is that comes up, 
There's going to be intense times. You stabilize yourself in the balance. So you learn to live in the balance of this reality. And so, yeah, but there's always going to be things like it's, it's just what it is. Like, it's not going to be this one, you know, all of a sudden everything is harmonious. Like everyone in the world is harmonious. That's unrealistic because the consciousness has to fully completely change in order to do that. You know? So, you know, you have to make your own choices from within. Yeah. And there's no way to go really. Like the, the, that's the infinite aspect is like, there's no rush to get anywhere because we're just, we're just looping in and out of, like, I, I had this thought a while ago that, that I am just a dream that infinity is having and it has dream, it's dreaming all the time. Like there's, so where, where do I want to go really? Yeah. And choose you're captain of the ship. You know, you're the captain of the ship. So it's like, if I'm the captain of the ship, then I'm, I'm going to go here. And if it get, you know, and I, if I go there and I'm just like, oh, you know, this ain't for me, I'm going to go ahead and pull back. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and just come back. You know? <laughs> uh, we just have to really realize, <laughs> we have to really realize we do have some control in a sense where we have, we have choices. We have, we have solidified just that we can make in moments um, as to how to respond to the chaos or respond to the suffering. And so, you know, even turning on the TV and seeing the chaos, you're like, oh, I'll turn it off. I'm just not interested. And so we do have choices in those moments. <laughs> I think we forget that sometimes. Well, speaking of choices, uh, this is kind of the final question I'd love to ask you is what does we are already free mean for you? Well, for me, it's knowing that I'm already a whole being and living from that embodiment of what that is. And it means we no longer, we, uh, it's not a place of death. It's a place of the continuous rebirthing of self into this existence and living from a space of authenticity and expansiveness. And there's no limits to freedom, uh, real freedom. There's no limits to, to it. So living from a place of peace and harmony and joy uh, and no longer living in the suffering of the consciousness world is being free, is breaking the change of the psychological loopings that society likes to try to put on us and knowing that you have a choice in that moment to, to continue with those psychological loopings or to, as Harriet Tubman said, I'm done and run and get free <laughs> and help people along the way as well by living in your own authenticity and living in your own freedom. Yeah. There's something so precious about that, that actually the biggest favor any of us can do anyone else is to be free and be authentic, be real, because then the people who like basketball, like us, they can find us like otherwise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Tahir. It's been uh, such a pleasure to speak with you. And I, I would just love for you to share where anyone listening can find you and connect further with what you're sharing with the world. Yeah, the best, uh, you know, for social media would be Instagram. So it's Tahira underscore 
Mott, M-A-A-T. So I post there pretty, uh, pretty frequently. I'm, I'm pretty much on there. So you can find me there. And I also have my website to hear mott.com. And if, uh, you know, if anybody's interested in any plant medicine ceremonies or retreats that are coming up, you can also find that on Instagram as well as my website. Beautiful. Thank you again, Tahira. It's been a real pleasure and I, I really look forward to, to connecting further. And thank you, for, thank you for being already free. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Tahira Ma'at. You can find links to Tahira plus many of the things we talked about in this episode. Just go to the show notes on whatever app you're listening on to this podcast on, or you can go directly at alreadyfree.me forward slash zero one two. Yes, I had exciting news I wanted to share with you, which is about upcoming guests. So I have confirmed Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist, who is a New York Times top-selling author of a book called How to Do the Work. She has a new book coming out. I started following her way back when she had like 100,000 followers on Instagram and I just loved what she shared. And she's now got, I think, nearly 6 million, five point something. And it's so cool because she shares so much about how we can become ourselves again, how we can re-embody and reconnect with our authentic selves. And she really knows what she's talking about. She's helped I guess millions of people around the world at this point. So she's coming on uh, sometime this year. At least I'll be recording and it might be out in early. It'll be out early next year, I think. And I'm just so excited about that. And then on top of that, I get to say that Zach Bush is coming on as well. And if you don't know Zach Bush, if you don't know his work, what a blessing of a human. His knowledge, his his spirit, his connection to that divine spark and the way he flows with it is just phenomenal. I've cried listening to him multiple times. So... We've got, and I mean, many more amazing guests coming up, but just those are two of the ones I just like, I'm still kind of reeling at the awesomeness of that. So, so yes, if you want to get lit the fuck up, basically, <laughs> be sure to check out for those when they come out. Um, okay, so now's the time. Just head over to the show notes for anything further. And really, I do invite you to take an action. Uh, if Even if it's just like leaving a review or sharing an episode or supporting the podcast, those things make a really big difference because then there is a reciprocity in this sharing. I love this podcast. I love doing it. I love sharing it. And I want it to be, I want it to go for years. I want it to support so many people around the world. I think we need this to remember that we are already free. So please do go to the show notes at alreadyfree.me forward slash zero one two. Because if you love this podcast and you are listening, then your energy is literally keeping it going. Like, well, this is a collaboration. If I was just doing this by myself alone and no one was out there, we wouldn't, what would be the point? So there's a beautiful thing that this uh, every story is looking for a listener and every and we, we play those roles and we shift between them. So there's many ways to go about it. You can engage. If you come and tell your story as a review, then I get a chance to enjoy your story. And so we keep the reciprocity flowing. It's, it's just so much fun. Anyway, okay. Remember to breathe. I will do the same. And I'll see you next week, dear listener. <laughs>